Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hey folks, it's Rena Jadav here, founder of HealCircle.org and the host of the Healthier Podcast. Here with us today is Dr. Stephen Cabral. Hi, Dr. Cabral. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate being here. You are a a doctor of naturopathy and you also are, of course, a trained Ayurvedic practitioner, integrative health practitioner, and you've written a book called The Rain Barrel Effect, which I absolutely loved. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I'm going to start by asking you, what's with the name, the rain barrel effect? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it stands for, and this is something that I did not make up, but it's not known in our modern day Western medicine. And that is the fact that each one of us has a proverbial rain barrel or a metaphoric rain barrel. And as we go through life, we begin to accumulate toxins and stress and heavy metals and viruses. We take antibiotics and birth control and we begin to fill up this rain barrel. And it's only when we start to get to the top do we start to feel these symptoms of a coming disease. And in Ayurveda and bioregulatory medicine, they have the six phases of disease. While in modern medicine, we only know the last two. But if you're aware, you can begin to feel it start to come. The the coming would be the grogginess upon waking or not feeling refreshed, a little bit of brain fog through the day, you need caffeine instead of natural energy to get going, difficulty staying asleep during the night. So there are many different ways that you can start to see this happening. And it can do with stress and it can do with hormones and digestion. But eventually everyone has a breaking point or a tipping point and that is when your rain barrel overflows. It is when your rain barrel overflows that you get the diagnosis of the you know, debilitating migraines or the uh, depression, the rheumatoid arthritis, the things that we blame on genetics. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is if you go back 10 years, 20 years in your life, you most likely didn't have these issues, but you did have the same genetics. So what I'm here to do is to share with people that there is a way out, and we could talk about that today, but you have to be aware that everyone has a rain barrel and it is filling up every single day because of the world that we live in. For those of you who've got anything from you know, f- simple fatigue to weight issues to pain to headaches, um, gut issues, you know, irritable bowel syndrome as it's called, listen in, pay attention. Um, you might be about to hear... The, the secret key to getting out of all of these awful symptoms for good. All right, well, let's get started. So chapter one, what happened to our world? So this whole chapter, you talk about 10 toxins and you paint a pretty grim picture of what is going on out there and how it's impacting what's in here. So talk a little bit about that. So what I never want to do is scare anyone about the world around us. However, you do have to be aware because it's affecting you on a daily basis. So we can't pretend that it doesn't exist, which is why we have to know about it. And once we know about it, we can take the proper precautions. But it is the reason why one out of two men and one out of three women will get cancer by the year 2030. By the year 2050, essentially one out of every two or three people will have type 2 diabetes or a form of diabetes and blood sugar. One out of three people will die of heart disease. And these are modern day 1900s 
and beyond type symptoms. So that meaning they've only really existed to this degree since, well, for about 100 years. And when we look at that, we have to realize that it is the world that we live in that is creating these symptoms. In fact, isn't it true that these symptoms have manifested far more greatly just in the last two decades? I mean, there's some, there's some research which shows some interesting graphs where you look at what's happening with autoimmune, chronic illnesses, and you look at sort of the influx of the 88,000 chemicals, of which most of them are not tested. Many of them are illegal outside the U.S. There's like 1,600 or 1,800 chemicals that are illegal outside the U.S., but we really nilly give them to our little That's children. Right. Um, have you seen that research as well? And so is it really just a couple of decades ago that we began to start to really create this internal crisis for ourselves? Absolutely. And it's shot up since about 1950. So we have many things going on, the, the degradation of our soil. So even when a lot of people are eating organic food, the vitamins and minerals aren't in that soil, so they can't be uptaken by the food as much. And just like you mentioned, we have over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the U.S. alone, which is why the U.S. spends the most amount of money on healthcare, but we're ranked last in the uh, top industrialized countries in terms of health rankings. So we're ranked number 37, yet we spend the most money, over a trillion dollars a year, in our healthcare system. And the more drugs, the more inventions we come out with that might be life-saving for acute-based care, they do nothing and most likely are causing many of the chronic-based illness of today. Um, you talk specifically about, you know, how are these toxins getting into our bodies? Um, could you share just a little bit? Because that, again, was very eye-opening for me because I don't think of the soap that I'm applying in the morning or the toothpaste I'm using as something that's actually poisoning me or, or worse yet, you know, that I'm eating bug spray every time I eat something. So the, those are the big things. And that's why I want to give people really actionable takeaways, whether they, you know, read the book, they don't read the book. It's very important that we just start to always take a step forward each and every week in our health. So the big thing is you can control uh, the food that you eat for the most part, and you control the water you put in your body for the most part, and what you apply to your skin. Now, those are all three things that your body consumes. So just to talk about the skincare, whatever you put on your skin, your skin is porous. Now, one of the interesting things about this is that whatever you put on your skin gets absorbed through the skin, the dermal-based layer, and right into your bloodstream. That can sometimes be more dangerous if it's not a healthy product. And the reason is, if you put something in your mouth, water, or food, it at least has to pass through your stomach acid, your intestines, and your liver before it's processed by the blood, truly. So what I want people to do, quick takeaway, is to refer to the Environmental Working Group's Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen. You, I'm sure you've recommended this before, but you know, if you can't spend money on all organic food, do it on the Dirty Dozen or don't eat the Dirty Dozen foods at all. And then for the clean 15, that might be where you save a little bit of money, but I still recommend eating organic whenever possible. Local organic in season is always the best. Um, and then for most people, getting a good quality water filter, even if, you're, even if your city says your water's clean, don't believe them. It always comes out after the fact that it wasn't because they only test for a couple hundred parameters. They're not testing for 77,000. So get a good quality water filter for your shower head so you're not breathing in chlorine vapors, which go into your lungs and right into your bloodstream. And you're also not putting it into your own body as well. And if you have kids and you're doing a bath, get a bath filter too. Short money for what it can do for your body. And it's great for your skin and hair. What filter do you use in your shower? What do you recommend? 
Yeah, we actually have a double. Uh, we have a double filter. We live in the city, and Boston water is highly chlorinated. And so, again, even like if you're just saying, "Well, I don't know if I should or not," if you want uh, more lustrous hair and skin, you should just do it for that fact alone, because chlorine will dry out your scalp, leading to flaking of the scalp and skin. So we use um, an Aqua Bliss and a Culligan back to back. So it's a double filter that we do. Not everybody has to do that. But again, even if you look at it, it's a $39.95 investment um, and it lasts six months. So it's not, when you look at that over the number of times you take a shower, it's really not that bad. Investment. And what do you do in terms of filtering the water in your home? I use a Berkey filter. And um, so the Berkey filter comes in a, like seven different sizes. It's one of the only ones that also traps VOCs. So basically gases in the water. It's called volatile organic compounds. And um, I highly recommend that. And then those only have to be changed. Yeah, like once every six months or eight months for those, depending on the amount of water that you drink. And they also do drink um, spring water in glass jars as well. For those of you who are listening going, I don't think I have an issue with heavy metals or with toxins, you know, through water, et cetera. I think our city water is fine. Let me give you a list that you shared in your book with respective symptoms. So again, if you've got fatigue, joint pain, muscle weakness, poor mood and depression, learning disabilities, and so that's watch your kids, hyperactivity and anxiety, again, watch your kids, uh, blood sugar issues, digestive issues, reproductive problems and birth defects, these could be related to toxic overload. So if you've got any of these symptoms, chances are you've got some excess toxic overload. And so of course, we're going to talk in the, in the upcoming chapters around how, what can you do to pull these out? You know, I was horrified. I had my hair test done a few months ago, and I was horrified to find that I had a high dose of aluminum in me because I've been, again, so healthy the last three years since I got better, you know, since I began my journey. And apparently I've still got aluminum. So some of the stuff Dr. Cabral gets in and just doesn't come out. Talk a little bit about A, how could you even get an aluminum in you or uh, mercury, which is something that I think a lot of us have. My daughter had that. And then what are, it's not as easy to get this stuff out, is it? Well, so aluminum is the most pervasive metal really out there right now. And you can get it from uh, tea bags and you can get it from certain herbs that are contaminated with it. Uh, but for the most part, it is all in our drinking water. So there are three things, even if, you, if your city says, oh, your water's clean, um, it still can have aluminum in it because aluminum is used to actually pull out other metals in drinking water, but there's no upper limit necessarily that they set that at. Uh, it's nice that it pulls and draws lead out of the water, so that's good, but there's still aluminum, and aluminum can affect your nervous system and cause skin issues and learning disabilities and allergies, so there's a lot that goes on besides the fact that we're starting to correlate aluminum and other heavy metals with dementia and Alzheimer's. So um, the other thing that your water is definitely going to have is chlorine, and chlorine, although yes, it will kill bacteria, that's a great thing if there's giardia or other things in your water, but the problem is that it also kills your own good gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is your water is most likely going to have fluoride. Now, if you want to make the argument it's good for your teeth, you can make that argument. I won't make that argument, but you could. And if you believe that, then swish it around your mouth, but don't drink it. And so it doesn't do you good if you drink it into your intestines in your body, which also can lower your thyroid. And these are proven. This is these been using uh, this fluoride's been used as basically a pharmaceutical since the 70s in Germany to treat Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism, high thyroid, and they used it to lower thyroid. Um, it absolutely does lower IQ in children. That we know that for sure. 
and it caused a host of other issues. So that's one reason for sure to, to filter the water. And then in terms of aluminum, uh, you know, the interesting thing is this, is that you could have had it in your body for a decade, two decades, and your body just hasn't eliminated it. So the nice thing is there is a six-week uh, heavy metal detox that is something that we do in our practice all the time. And it's all natural, which is nice because you don't have to do the hard chelation-based therapies. And I'm not necessarily against those if you have a child with massive levels of lead or mercury and it has to get out of the body. I, I understand that. There's a time and place for everything. But a more natural and gentler way is to use crack cell chlorella, uh, vitamin C, and cilantro and use that for six weeks at specific dosages. And it's been shown to take out between 90 and 93% of the more pervasive mer uh, mercury, aluminum, lead from the body. The other thing that I recommend is using a biofilm disruptor with it. And I, we could talk all day on this topic. So I'll just give an overview. Biofilm disruptor allows you to break down this mucosal layer in your gut that your body can trap heavy metals in that protects the parasites and the candida uh, that are hiding under that. And again, um, for those of you listening, I'm going to be working very hard on getting Dr. Cabral to allow us to host his program, his detox program on healcircles.org. So keep an eye out. Um, hopefully we'll be able to launch uh, his detox program, the seven-day detox, Cabral detox program on healcircles.org, and we can all do this together. Um, you know, you talk about, of course, the 10 toxins. One of the ones that you talk about that isn't being talked about enough is the electrosmog. I mean, everybody talks about, okay, GMO products, don't eat that, and, you know, the breathing of the air and the sprays, but no one's talking as much about electrosmog. In fact, the U.S. kept claiming for decades that there was absolutely no issues with cell phones, even though countries like Sweden had gone ahead and issued warnings. So talk a little bit about what do we as consumers need to know? And then you've got some really good, simple tips that I've begun doing already that perhaps you could share. So the nice thing is that you really don't have to take anyone's word for it anymore, right? There are at-home, like if you don't believe you have heavy metals, well, that's okay. There's nothing to believe. You can run an at-home hair tissue mineral analysis, uh, urine or blood-based uh, sample. You, if you don't believe that you have pesticides in your body, you may or may not. Like Again, I, I can't tell you whether you do or not. I don't know, but you can run a simple at-home environmental toxicity test that will tell you. And um, you know the thing about EMF, so electromagnetic frequencies and electromagnetic radiation, is that we are surrounded in this, and this for sure is just the last two decades. So when you look at it, around the year 2000, people are starting to get cell phones. Like for them, like that's when it was kind of being mass adoption. And when we look at that, we say over the years, it's gone from, I don't even know if there was ever such thing as 1G, but now it's at 4G and we're coming out into 5G. And 5G is not double the potency. We're looking at a 5 to 10x strength in electromagnetic frequency and waves. And it is absolutely disrupting um, our DNA, our ability for DNA-based replication. And people are starting to feel actual symptoms of fibromyalgia inflammation, nonspecific. They can't pinpoint it, but they know if they were to go, like I go to like Maine. And so I live in the city, but then I go to Maine and I'm like, well, why do I feel so much? And you just kind of put it in like clearer thinking so much better. Well, what happens is we are bombarded by all of the Wi-Fi signals, cell phones, our computer, uh, sound machines for my young daughters, uh, the uh, monitor that we can hear them at night. All of these things are very potent Wi-Fi-based devices or EMF-based devices. 
And for anywhere between $39, I believe, and $100, you can actually get an EMF meter and you can test your house. And the nice thing, and I actually just did a show in this myself, is to say, if you can do one thing, it is EMF-proof your bedroom. You're going to be there for eight hours a night. Make sure that you are sleeping without being bombarded by EMFs because it is disrupting our DNA and our health. And countries already like Israel and Belgium have banned 5G after implementing small tests. So there is something to this if entire countries are banning it. Of course, they'll never ban it in the U.S., so we have to be careful about our own health. Dr. Cabral, you have a very interesting section in your book where you talk about what's happening between the drug companies, the pharma companies, the training of the system, and then, of course, the side effects. Because one of the toxins that you've identified is actually pharmaceutical drugs. We don't think of pharmaceutical drugs as toxins. One of the things when I got sick that one of my functional medicine practitioners, an MD, pointed out was that she said, the Aleve that you've been taking every month for decades is a huge part of why your gut is in such bad shape and why your liver is, is so overloaded. We don't think of this. And, you know, they give you these massive side effects, right? Like the lawyer speaks at the end of the ads, you know, boom, 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 boom. But who's listening? Clarify for us, why can a pharmaceutical drug be a toxin? And what are some of the side effects and why do we need to be mindful? You give a really good example of a statin. Perhaps you can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing I always like to make clear is I believe that your medical doctor has your absolute best interests in mind. However, their training only allows them to do one thing and it's what they were trained on. And the truth is that the drug does exactly what it says it's going to do. So your symptoms get alleviated and no one's the wiser that it's doing is creating other issues in your body, which is why, you know, those people that are on um, high cholesterol meds typically end up going on high blood pressure medication. Then they end up typically with some type of type two diabetes is because the inflammation just rears its head in a new area. It's just moving. If you block one pathway, it's just going to come out the next pathway, right? So I always call it whack-a-mole where, you know, you, you try to hit one and it just pops up in, in the next circle. Like that's just the way that it works. So everything comes with a consequence for sure. And, and when we look at taking NSAIDs or Advil or ibuprofen of any type, it reduces the inflammation. But my question is, why did you have the inflammation in the first place? It's probably a better question to ask because then we could figure out the root cause and rebalance it rather than just alleviating the inflammation every time it comes up because it will get worse. Your rain barrel will continue to fill up. So the problem with Advil, of course, is it begins to wipe out a lot of the good gut bacteria. And if you wipe out the good gut bacteria, well, not only could you end up with a gastric ulcer um, or a peptic ulcer, a duodenal ulcer, which is the first part of the small intestine, um, you also begin not to assimilate your food as well. So now you're low on your B vitamins. Um, you end up with more bacterial-based putrefaction. You end up with yeast overgrowth. And that ends up creating more inflammation, lower mood, poor sleep, and we, the list goes on. So you know, if we're talking about statins, which are the, one of the most popular drugs in the world, they're doing that specifically to lower cholesterol. Well, if you're lowering cholesterol, you're not asking the reason as you didn't have high cholesterol when you're eight years old. Why do you have high cholesterol at 38 years old? And, and that question is not being asked because there was a specific reason as to why that rain barrel filled up for cholesterol and you ended up with high cholesterol. And so it's not always just diet. It isn't always just exercise. I've, I've talked about this as well. For those people that sleep less than seven hours a night, 
they're not able to clear triglycerides or cholesterol as well through their liver and their body. Okay, so sleep's a factor. Well, what about high levels of stress? Well, the more hormone that you produce, cortisol, the more cholesterol is going to be ramped up because cholesterol is a precursor to every hormone. So there's always a reason why, but the problem with the, um, your, your PCP, again, there's no problem with them. That's why everybody needs a PCP, uh, an MD, and everybody needs an integrative health practitioner. It's okay to have both, and one isn't bad and one isn't good. But what we have to understand is that during medical school, you, are, you match up a disease with a drug. And that's all, that is what you're taught to do. Now, don't get me wrong. MDs are brilliant people. You have to, to be able to pass your boards, get your license. The problem is when, and I love this analogy, and of course I didn't make it up, but you know, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So you're not going to get any diet or exercise or lifestyle advice. One is you only have 15 minutes with your doctor and they have to take electronic uh, notes the whole time. So I know this process because I just went through 50 interviews to hire our medical director for our team. And every single one of them could not wait to get out of this type of practice, but they're forced into it. All right, let's get started with section two or part two, where you talk about the rain barrel effect. And one of the first things you do is you define, you know, what is making us sick? And you talk about sort of the chronic disease, the underlying root cause. So tell us a little bit again, what's creating chronic disease? So disease is the, the overflowing of your rain barrel that's manifested over time because of some type of deficiency. It could be a deficiency in liver detoxification. It could be a deficiency in vitamins, minerals, um, essential fatty acids like omega-3s, amino acids, anything that your body needs to run. That's a deficiency. And it's also toxicity. So the bottom line is this. If you get a disease, it's not genetics. Genetics predisposed you to that. But as toxicities you build up, such as um, gut overgrowth with candida, parasites, H. pylori, or um, SIBO, uh, it could be viruses, it could be environmental toxins, any, any one of those things. Okay, So you built up toxicities, and then you have too little nutrients or too little supplies to work on removing those toxicities. So when we help people get well, it sounds basic, but we're trying to figure out what are their toxicities and what are their deficiencies. We bring up their deficiencies, we lower their toxicities, and now their body is in such a state that disease can no longer live there. So they have no more disease. You can call it whatever you want. We're not allowed to use the diagnosis, cure, and treatment-based uh, verbiage. Uh, so what we say is, and the, the truth is that you are simply rebalancing the root causes to what got you there in the first place. It's such a simple formula. It's such common sense. And yet, you know, we've made it so complex, so hard to understand. One of the things that I complained about when I first got sick and now I hear it around me is I'm overwhelmed with the data, with the information. And you and I know that a lot of it is actually inaccurate. There's a lot of people out there just selling stuff and they'll say whatever they need to say to sell stuff. And, you know, while the government will go after some companies, they're not necessarily going after everybody out there who's, who's selling fake health news, as I call it. So, again, I want to thank you for writing this book because it really does bring it down into, look, getting back to health is really easy. You need, of course, you're going to get, need to get some support of some practitioner who knows what they're doing, but it isn't rocket science. And so it's doable. And again, you know, our mission at HealCircle.org is to create a new world of health Chronic disease needs to go back in history books. Each and every one of us needs to be able to live and thrive without 
all of these diseases, whether it's Alzheimer's or autism or multiple sclerosis, and you list these and you said, this is, these are all connected to the exact same causation. Uh, you talk about some tests, some very simple tests. You know, to your point, don't believe what I'm saying or what Rena's out there screaming every day. Go get tested. This stuff's not expensive. And by the way, you guys, this stuff is really not expensive. You can go to Groupon and do it on your own. You don't even need a practitioner for some of these. But talk about your favorite two tests that you recommend um, that someone who's got any kind of symptoms and is ready to reverse them should do. Yeah, so we've now seen over a quarter million people. And when I look at all of the data, I always try to simplify. It's like, okay, what can, what can we give people that's easy to do that's going to get them 80% of the results um, as working with a practitioner one-on-one you know, every single week or every single month? Because I just know that not everyone has the time to do it, the finances or whatever it might be. So we offer something called the starter kit. And it's, to me, the best place to get started. It's a urine and it's a hair sample. And that's going to give you 75 biomarkers that goes over your gut function, all of your vitamin levels. It goes over your mitochondrial levels, your detox levels, um, how well your body's functioning. And then the other one, uh, the hair, looks at all of your electrolytes plus your trace minerals, things that matter to your thyroid, like selenium. Mm. And then we look at also uh, things that matter for your immune system, your hormones like zinc. So we look at all your minerals and we also look at heavy metals, the arsenic that you might be picking up from rice or whatever it might be. We're looking at mercury. We're looking at lead. We're looking at aluminum that we spoke about. So those two tests will let you know what your mineral levels are, what your vitamin levels are, your gut function, your energy, uh, overall mood with your neurotransmitters. So I think those are really powerful. It's a great place to get started. And that will enable you then to know what to do. Like, do you need vitamins or minerals, yes or no? Well, it's no longer a guess because you have your exact levels. So that's where we're at right now. I mean, 2020 and beyond, we are going to be able to really fine-tune and personalize people's protocols so they don't waste their time, their money, their energy with trying to figure it out on their own. That makes a lot of sense. We're going to go ahead and make these tests available on healcircles.org. So for those of you interested in getting started with the starter kit, you know, definitely check it out. Um, can you share a price range? How much are these? Uh, functional medicine labs that come with my review and a consultation range from $299 to about $499 per test. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. You also talk about the three triggers for, for disease. You know, someone like me where I was just curious, how the heck could a skinny vegetarian get sick? Um, it was very important for me to understand the triggers and you've done a great job of saying, Here's your three triggers. So what are they? This, this took a long time to figure out because I could not, I, there's, a, there's a certain manifestation that comes along with every single person. But, you know, some people, they, you know, they'll smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. They'll have a scotch every night and they, they don't wear a seatbelt and they just never seem to die. It's like, exactly. you, you, almost, you almost can't kill some people. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. I, I talk about... <laughs> I talk about flying on, on planes quite a bit to speak at different locations and I'll sit next to somebody. They start off with a coffee. An hour later, they're drinking wine. They're eating the airplane food. And I'm like, how is this person's body even living right now? Like, I don't get it. Um, but, you know, so there's always genetics and genetics are good and bad. Meaning like when I read someone's genetic report, there's a lot of good things and then there's some things to be wary of and we have to watch out for that. Well, you know, the people who can drink coffee and drink alcohol and smoke, they have amazing detox capacity. 
it comes in, they get it out, comes in, they get it out. But maybe they're more prone to high blood pressure. So I don't like, because again, I don't know who the person is. So we always have our genetics. Genetics matter, but they don't need to manifest until you move to the second step, which is the environment. This is where you start to accumulate toxicities over the years. So for example, I have a five and seven-year-old daughter. Now we try to live the healthiest life for them. They don't know yet, but we're trying to teach them. Well, unfortunately, we got mold uh, infestation in my house. Living in Boston, it's not uncommon in New England. Mm-hmm. Our upstairs neighbor flooded their bathroom. And unfortunately, we didn't know that there was mold then growing in the ceiling between us. So we ran their test and, and okay, they have mold. Well, now luckily, I'm able to run those tests. And so we put them on a mold protocol and we get rid of the mold, which is good. But again, these things accumulate since childhood. And then and, and the scary thing is that there's a video called 10 Americans, and you can look it up. This is now two decades old. And you can see that the average child is born with about 232 stored toxins in their body that comes directly from the mother's uh, fetal cord. And we know this now. It's been tested. And this is not to scare anyone, but it is to let you know that we have to be keeping up with detoxification. So the second step is our environment that we live in and how clean we can get it. And the third step is the way that we end up with the alopecia, psoriasis, autoimmune, is there's typically a triggering event. I see it around a stressful area. It is around work, a relationship, a breakup, a death of a loved one. It's something that has deep personal meaning to you that stressed your nervous system, which lowered your immune system that enabled then this disease to manifest. You talk about also the autoimmune connection, and you say that 90% of autoimmune begins in the gut, which of course Hippocrates said um, just a short while ago, which we completely decided to ignore. And you talk about how this autoimmune connection with the gut, and that could be a combination of course of the candida and the parasites and the overgrowth and the dysbiosis, the antibiotic effects, et cetera, et cetera. But how that then creates this cascade. Um, Because to me, it was like, well, how can my gut dysfunction cause my cancer? or give me multiple sclerosis. So just for those people who've been diagnosed with a autoimmune condition, because it's a catchphrase now, I think, it just covers sort of everything. Just share a little bit for those who don't understand how a simple gut dysfunction can create an autoimmune crisis. How does this actually work? Well, the, the short of it is, because there's, there's what's called the pathophysiology of disease, but it simply means this, that... Um, whether taking antibiotics or birth control or stress or alcohol or a number of other toxins such as um, aluminum or chlorine in the water, they begin to open up the gut wall. It's called the, the lumen of the lumen appropriate. And all it is is basically a single cell. So your, your intestines are about 26 feet long and they're perforated essentially. They have small openings. Well, over time, because of the antibiotics or the chlorine in the water, that those openings become larger. Now, instead of just single amino acids, single sugar molecules or fatty acids moving through, we have larger protein strands moving through and bacteria. What does that do? Well, now your immune system, which lives right outside, 80% of your immune system lives in and around the, the gut itself, the 28 total feet of digestive tract. Um, it's, it gets a signal that, oh, okay, we have now pieces of chicken in the bloodstream. What do we do? Well, we're ramping up that immune system. Now, from there, when the immune system ramps up, it always causes inflammation. So now we get our genetic predisposition. So I could go on meaning like that bacteria could end up um, 
through something called molecular mimicry, looking like, like gluten, for example, a thyroid-based molecule. And then your immune system, if you're genetically predisposed, would go after your thyroid and we would call that Hashimoto's. If it ended up in the, uh, let's say, the small joints of the hand, we would have these things called CD8 cells, immune cells, go after the bacteria in these cells, mycobacteria, they're called, or microbacteria, and destroy the tissue to get at the bacteria. Now, we call that rheumatoid arthritis. So they're escaping through the gut wall and they're ending up in different places of our body to cause things like MS on the nervous system and Hashimoto's for the thyroid and RA for the joints. Uh, but make no mistake about it, there is absolutely a root cause and um, heavy metals, viruses, and gut-based permeability are at the forefront of autoimmune. Thank you for explaining that. Now you've got a great quiz and with your permission, we're going to make that quiz available on healedcircles.org as well. So for those of you who want to just take this quiz and figure it out, please do. All right, let's move on to the next more important section, which is how do we reverse all of this? Talk a little bit about your seven-day detox protocol. What does it entail? And, uh, and then we can get started from there. So I've been using a functional medicine detox uh, for almost a decade now. And I began using it originally to help with autoimmune-based issues. But what we found, basically a, a happy accident, was that people were dropping about five pounds of weight in the first week not necessarily just from body fat, but actually from inflammation. So as we are able to better re-regulate the body's natural immune uh, and inflammatory-based systems and blood sugar and hormones, the body's not as inflamed. When you're not as inflamed, you're not as puffy or swollen, and that's because you're holding less inflammatory-based water weight. So we call it toxic water weight. The other thing is that this, our seven-day detox that we've recalibrated over the years has enabled people to combine an elimination diet, hormone balancing, blood sugar balancing, and inflammatory balancing all in one. And that is uh, truly what's uh, been able to get people. So one of the things that we wanted to do was create lab testing and create a functional medicine detox that is not a cleanse because a cleanse is what helps you remove um, waste from the bowels. And that's a great thing too, but it's different than a detox. And also when people talk about detox teas or juicing, all of those can be beneficial, but what they don't do is ramp up phase one and phase two liver detoxification. That takes specific nutrients. It's not complicated, but it takes the proper amount of vitamin C and zinc and selenium and N-acetylcysteine and glutamine, and then the sulfur-based amino acids like taurine and, and, and glutathione. And again, you don't need to know what these mean, but when you put them into your body, your body is better able to remove the heavy metals and remove things like pesticides from your body at a much faster rate. So when you combine that with a proper elimination diet, the proper amount of fasting, it enables the body to empty that rain barrel at a rapid rate. So we recommend a 21-day functional medicine detox to start and then quarterly uh, seven-day detoxes every 12 weeks to maintain. And that way, the, you don't have to worry so much about every single day, am I doing this, am I doing that? It matters, and you should, but you shouldn't get overwhelmed either, which causes stress, which can also cause disease. So what we do is we do the 21-day, um, that's our highest recommendation. That sets the stage, and it's really remarkable what you can accomplish in three weeks. And then hopefully take what you learned, carry it on, and then if you can, every 12 weeks, maintain, just like they talked about in Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. Every season, with the seasons, you do a detox, which includes a fast. And that is truly what I believe, um, not only the future of medicine, but that is the way to take advantage of the fountain of youth. We know nothing better right now than working on 
mainly plant-based nutrition combined with fasting uh, to reverse the aging process. And believe it or not, you can actually reverse, not stop, but you can reverse a lot of that aging process. The book is amazing. For the rest of you who are interested in the detox protocol, as I mentioned, pick up the book, uh, check out the website. Of course, we're going to add that in the show notes, um, but also keep an eye on healcircles.org because hopefully we'll be able to launch the detox protocol on there. With that said, stay smiling what you can get to greater health. Um, Big hugs and I'll see you on the next podcast. Dr. Cabral, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.